Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. I am your host, Andy Last. Today is episode number 120-something. Is it 28? 128. Should we have like a 130 anniversary special for some reason? We might as well. That sounds like fun. Let's, well, we'll listen to a track. I'm just trying to think what we got to do today. Today's going to be a normal length show. I've got Calix on the program, and we'll be chatting with him uh, later on in the show. He makes cool music. And before that, we will keep it 80s with Marco Merrick. And that should be fun, too. And I'm going to take a little sip of tea here. Hmm, that shall give me the energy I need. So how about this? Let's listen to a track, and then we will do some business. So here is Gregorio Franco from the album Apocalypse Prime, and this track is called Sacramental.
that was Sacramento by Gregorio Franco. Go check out uh, his music because it's good. And that's from the album Apocalypse Prime. He just sent it over to me, so I'm not even sure if it's out. Is it out? I hope I was allowed to play that. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So we're doing a little giveaway. It is with uh, Playmaker Media. So Playmaker Media, they have a... Uh, a label there with some cool music and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, they're saying they want to give away four download codes and one cassette of the new release on Playmaker by Dav Dralian. Dav Dralian. So I'm going to play you a track from that uh, album. And it's cool. It's some dark stuff. So the deal is you have to subscribe to the Facebook page, to the Playmaker Media Facebook page, and then... Message the inbox to get a download code, and uh, they will also give away one cassette to one of the first five people that subscribe, and that is facebook.com slash playmakers playground. So, so what I'm going to do is I'll play a song from the album. This is by Dav Dralian, and then you can uh, win a copy and uh, get a cassette. And if you want to know about this character, the new album is called Depths. And they say, Dav Dralian is taking cyberpunk to the depths of existence. His haunting neo-machinery is set to overcome anything in the field of destruction, anarchy, and chaos. Channeling his power from deeply within, this stellar debut album by this upcoming Dark Lord of Synthwave is a mysterious tale of phantom fantasy. As the blood moon is hovering over the industrial complex, Dav Dralian is summoning the enigmatic Vulcan Witch to unveil six tracks of crawling, lowering dark synth guided by low-pitch arpeggios that drag you deep below zero. (laughs) It's fun to read things like that in that voice. Uh, So let's listen to this track. Why not? So here is a track by Dav Dralian off the new album Depths. 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 Depths is a funny word to say. D-E-P-T-H-S. And this is Cult of Night.
And that was Cult of Night by Dav Dralian. K-U-L-T-O-V-N-I-G-H-T. All the song titles on this album are like capital letters with spaces in between each one. So sometimes when I'm looking at them, I'm like, what the hell is this called? Cult of Night. Anyways, that's a cool track. So you can uh, get a copy of that. And all you got to do is... Subscribe to Playmaker Media's Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Playmakers Playground. P-L-A-Y-M-A-K-E-R-S-P-L-A-Y-G-R-O-U-N-D. Playmakers Playground. Subscribe. Message the inbox once you've subscribed. And um, just say, Andy sent me here. And I want that album. You can say whatever you want. He really just wants people to subscribe to the page. So uh, do that and get a copy of uh, Dav Dralian. All right. Let's um, let's keep it 80s. Yeah, let's go keep it 80s with Marco. Marco. Hold on. Yeah, okay, it's going. (laughs) All right. And we are uh, uh, keeping it 80s with Marco Merrick for another week. Hello, Marco. Hello, Andy, and hello, everyone. How you doing, mate? I'm doing all right, mate. Uh, You're in Australia, so what happened uh, last week uh, when Jake was in studio, we talked about, I think, Phaserland was coming down to Australia and spent mm-hmm. some time with you. So has that already happened? He just left. He just left. He just left. Yeah, it's, it was really awesome. Um, he had an awesome live performance here. Uh, we got really drunk and we did a lot of shit, a lot of Australian stuff, you know, like I took him to see the kangaroos and the koalas. I posted a lot of photos and we just had a really good time, um, a really, really good time. So I was kind of sad to see him go. Uh, yeah. Well, that's good. When I had uh, Jake up here to film some Beyond Synth stuff, and we did nothing. Like, we didn't do any Toronto stuff. It was all Beyond Synth business, because mm-hmm. he was here for like three days, and so we were just recording things and filming stuff. And uh, didn't even show him around or anything. No, I took him to one venue, and we went out to breakfast near my house, and like it was like, it was a business trip. Because <laughs> I knew he was only going to be here for like three nights, four days, and... Um, I don't know. I just, I guess, I don't, who knows if he'll ever be back again. I probably won't be here if he is too. So I, I kind of probably went a bit overboard and like just had a really tough schedule of like a lot of shit to do. So we did a lot in four days. So I'm sorry, Ross, if you're listening. I know you were, you flew to Sydney after Perth and I bet he arrived really exhausted. So I'm sorry to uh, Jordan F and Vast Hill because they're looking after him there um, if he didn't turn up in, a, in one piece. <laughs> did you plan an itinerary? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Every day we had we we did a lot of stuff. I took him uh, to the beaches. I took him walking a lot through some of some areas, you know, like Fremantle, which is a nice um, older commercial sort of area, I guess. And um, it's got a lot of culture and stuff there and heritage. So we took went walking there. But it's been really hot too. We had a heat wave. And then um, I took him to the beach. We went for a swim. And then I took him to Rotnest Island. And we hired some bikes, and we only, like, rode, like, about 20 kilometers or so. Maybe a little bit less. But, um, <laughs> a bit extreme, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, I hope Ross's legs aren't too sore. Well, that sounds like fun, man. It was. It's beautiful scenery, and, and it was actually nice weather, too. 
So um, yeah, but it was great. I stayed with the, I stayed with the Ross, aka Phaseland in Detroit. So it was nice to return the favor and show him around and stuff. So, but with this crazy itinerary and you guys going to all these different places, um, when mm-hmm. like ha- when did you find time to fuck? To fuck? <laughs> That's I don't kiss and tell, man. I, I didn't ask if you kissed them. <laughs> Well, I, well, there was some kissing going on. I can't tell you where, but, you know. <laughs> no, there was no monkey business, all right? No, no. <laughs> it's, it's just a, you know, it's just a purely uh, friend-based relationship. Yeah, no, I understand. Stage, okay? Well, you know, it's a, it's a brave new world, all right? And, uh, you know, relationships <laughs> are, are being redefined all the time, and... Uh, you know, if people want to go down to Australia and sort of change their lifestyles for like four days and go on a few bike trips and have sex with Marco, you know, come back to the United States and return things to normal. I mean, I can see that as, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to Ross about it. I swear, Jazzy, there's nothing to worry about. He's just uh, he's just trying to egg me on here. <laughs> Don't buy into his crap, okay? <laughs> I would love it if she did. Like, if, if Jazzy hears that and goes like, what the hell? <laughs> Oh, she's used to the gay jokes. Don't you worry. <laughs> jokes. Anyways, what uh, <laughs> what else has been uh, what else has been going on, man? You having you having fun? I guess this has all been pretty much just Phaserland centric since I last spoke to you. So it has. It has. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, just a lot of fun. It's been very hot. I've been watching. Uh, have you watched the rest of Stranger Things yet? No, I have not Come had on. time. Can we talk man. about it yet or not? I can't. I can't. Jesus Sorry. Christ. I am so. All right. Well, we can't talk about that then. Look, because I okay. So I I started reviewing the footage of the stuff I filmed with Jake, uh-huh. and then I've decided like a fucking idiot. That I'm going to redesign the Beyond Synth set again, oh so God. people, but people won't see the new set. But I'm happy, I'm proud. Like it's going to be cool, but it's like, what's wrong with the old set? Well, the thing was, okay, just so people know, like I filmed the the set for Beyond Synth essentially is not up all the time. Like so, I've I kept on rebuilding mm. it to make it so I could sort of fold it away. It sounds weird because it's a whole room, like it becomes a whole room, right? Mm. There's like a nighttime sky and you know like uh, uh, polygon yeah. mountains and the sun and stuff. And so I was trying to build it in a way that it could be folded up and put away. And what happened was it just hasn't worked to my satisfaction. So I filmed with Jake. So it, in the episode two of Real Beyond Synth, you'll see like version two of the set mm-hmm. that has a few more elements and stuff like that. But ultimately, it's not working the way that I want it to work. The only way for me to do it perfectly would be to have a permanent set, you know, like an actual like design and built with carpenters and stuff and come in and like, you know, but I cannot do that. I don't have the space or the budget to do that. I have a permanent room for it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I am doing something like that now where I was like well how can I you know incorporate the room as it is now and make a set that's kind of semi-permanent and so what I'm doing is I'm keeping some of the motifs the same there's still going to be like a nighttime sky with a synthwave sun but I also have bricks like the, the you know the room that I record in like the main room it's 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 got brick walls so whenever people see the brick walls when I'm like shining my lights on it people are always like oh like your walls look so cool because it's real brick Yeah. so what I'm doing is I'm actually building a semi-permanent set that incorporates the brick walls as part of the set and I'm going to keep it up all the time. So like the synthwave sun, the nighttime sky and it's going to hopefully, I mean it might still have to go through some tweaks like as I do the show but right now it's like, it looks sort of like the wall, like there's a hole in the wall and so I've done the synth, like the, Mm -hmm. the, so the stars and the sun and the the, the mountain is still going to be visible but it's going to be surrounded by bricks as if like a wrecking ball came in and sort of smashed out a hole 
So I'm, I've just been painting, it's been putting up this black and, and painting the whole set and putting my stars on and stuff like this. And so hopefully it'll look cool and it'll be bigger as well. Because when I had the fold out set, it meant I couldn't use the whole room. So I basically will, the set will be like the whole room now. So it's going to be larger and I'm going to have uh, some cool things made. And it's going to look cool. It's going to be, a, there's going to be more going on in the new set. There's going to be a lot more sort of elements in the background and, and things to play with and stuff. Mm. So it should be cool. Looking forward to seeing it then. Yeah. And I think it'll be cool. I mean, like, it's going to still take like two months to edit the episode with Jake. And so like no one's going to see this for like a year, but like uh, oh. it sh- it'll make it easier for me so that I can film quicker. I want to see Jake. Yeah. Well, we had a we had a fun time. It was good. Hey, let's uh, let's start listening to some fucking Marco's picks. All right. Well, I got uh, I'm going to be uh, playing some ladies of synth this week. There is uh, some great releases from a couple of ladies in the scene. I think first up, we will uh, play a track from Night Vision, and this is her new track called Never Enough. Never Enough. All right. Well, this is Night Vision with Never Enough.
And that was Never Enough by Night Vision, Marco's first pick of the week. That's Tally, is that her name? That's correct, that's the one. Yeah, I've seen her promoting her stuff lately, yeah, so it's a good track. Yeah, it sure is, sure is. I really like the first one as well, so I think she's got an EP coming out soon. I thought it'd already be out, but I guess it's going to be soon. Yeah. So looking forward to that one. Yeah, man. So... When did you finish watching Stranger Things? I mean, did you just do it all before? No, I watched I watched it in chunks kind of thing. I think I watched the first two or three episodes in a row, then I watched like five in a row, and then I left the last two for like five or six days because I didn't want to finish it, which is what usually happens in a series. I like, I'll, I hate watching it all in one day. I can't. Even though I want to, I can't do that. So, um, uh, like, like last time we talked, you hadn't finished watching Stranger Things, so no spoilers. But were people right about that episode? I think so. I think it still worked. It was, it was out there. It was really um, not really necessary at all. It was very different to the other episodes. It really stood out. It was still good. I still enjoyed it, but yeah, it definitely uh, stood out. Right. So, without having seen it yet. Um, and I'll, I'll mm-hmm. try and get fucking caught up so we can have a conversation about it. Yep. But, um, my, you know, my understanding was of of the... It's eight or ten episodes a season. There's nine. There's nine. I think the first season was eight, but this one's nine. Okay. So basically, of the nine episodes, one episode is, uh, my understanding, focuses on a different group of people. Like, they just introduce new people, and is that correct? Uh, that's correct, yes. Does it look like it's part of, like, some weird plan to like you know show this weird non sequitur of this other group and then maybe in like later seasons these stories will merge like is that that actually could be true I'm not usually good at reading stuff like that like in long term stuff so that actually I think that could be and it kind of might have no I shouldn't say say too much okay okay that's fine that's fine they kind of might have set it up for a third one possibly so yeah, because, I mean, they are doing more seasons of the show, so they could be doing that thing where it's just like, here's some side characters, and, like, how do, this, how do they connect? Yeah. And then, like, you know, in season three, like, they'll come driving into town, and, like, you know, you will have met them the previous season or whatever. Um, but it's a great... It, it was actually a good season. I was very skeptical going into it. I thought, oh, here we go. They're going to write off the success of the first season. Yeah, what's the script going to be like? But it was surprisingly very good. I mean... Um you know, there was a little bit of cliche stuff in there, and, and I did feel like it was a little bit rushed. Like, they probably could have... Um, there was a lot they covered. The first season was a little bit drawn out and a little, little bit slow, and the second season felt a little bit rushed, if that makes any sense, because they tried to squeeze yeah. in a lot of stuff, and I feel like yeah. could have. they should have spread it out over, like, 15 episodes. But it was still really good. It was very entertaining. Yeah, and I'm definitely... I'm going to watch it. Like, like as I say, I, I haven't had a lot of free time, and... Uh, with the little free time I've had, I've just been playing Mario. So, like, that's just what I've been doing. <laughs> is it good, though? Is yeah, it good? no, it's good. Stupid articles aside, because, you know, I've I found my new favorite video game website that's, like, fucking New Age Gaming or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> you should keep you should uh, keep that bookmarked. It looks like uh, there's some really promising stuff coming up. <laughs> I'm going to. You know, like... <laughs> After reading this stupid article about fucking Mario and toxic masculinity, it's but it, the game's good. Like it's um, it makes me happy. It 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 sort of uh, harkens back to the days of um, Mario sixty four. So it's nice, big sort of big levels. Lots of stuff to do. The way he moves is nice and smooth, and uh, and there's lots of stuff to collect. And I I'm a I love platforming games, you know, and so I like going back and playing games where there's lots of stuff to collect and lots of stars to find and things like that. And and the cool thing is, this might be, like, the first Mario game where there's, like, a use for the coins. So, it makes collecting coins, like, you want to, because it's, uh, there's things to buy, and you unlock outfits, and... Because it's different than previous Mario games, like, you don't get, like, firepower, 
or a fucking raccoon suit or anything like that, but you throw your hat and you possess characters in the game and they all have individual abilities. Cool. So, you know, you'll walk up to like a Goomba with wings and then you'll throw your hat on it and you become the Goomba. So then you can fly and like that's how you solve some of the puzzles and there's different, you know, creatures and things that you can possess that give you different powers. And so it just makes the game really fun. Like it's a lot of fun and the the physics and the way that the different characters control and what their abilities are. And uh, and there's so many... St- I think there's like something like 800 or 900 stars in the game to collect. So it's not quite the same as Mario 64. There was like six stars in each level, but you had to do a lot of stuff to get them. So like some of the stars in the new Mario game, they're very easy to get. There's just a ton of them. So some of them are tricky and some of them are easy. So you finished the game? I mean, I, I beat Bowser... Yeah, uh, and then that basically unlocks some stuff, and then there's way more to do. So there's still there's still more worlds to <laughs> unlock. Like once Bowser's defeated, like cool. the more, I mean, there's 900 stars or something like that. It's like 800 or 900. It's a lot. So the game's huge. Like just in terms of like the stuff you got to collect, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So it gets my vote, even though <laughs> like every game magazine gave it like a 10 out of 10. So I don't think they need my help. But I mean, it's a uh, it was a good game. So I've ordered a thing off Amazon. I was going to buy a new computer, and that fell through. So I'm going to do... In in lieu of buying a new computer, because they're so expensive, I'm going to buy a $20 toy for my computer to... um, uh, Because I I have, like, a a, a GameCube emulator and uh, and Wii Wii games as well. It's called the Dolphin. It's actually really fucking good. It works really well. Sweet. Some of the emulations are are flawless. Like, you know, we've talked about this before with N64 emulation. Like, um, they don't... Yeah. A lot of bad ones. Yeah, like they just yeah. N64 is a weird system to emulate, and it's never perfect. And sometimes you got to use different emulators for different games, and so on and so forth. But this emulator called Dolphin that does GameCube and, and Wii games, like it's pretty fucking perfect. Like it's the the emulations are perfect, and um, apparently you can connect real Wii remotes to the computer. Like you can use Bluetooth and actually connect the the actual remotes. So you can actually use the real remotes. Yeah. And so I still have a bunch, like, in a basket somewhere. And so I thought it would be fun maybe to... So I bought this thing off Amazon, which I think is coming today. Um, it's like a sensor bar for your computer that plugs in USB, but then it gives the Bluetooth connection so you can connect your controllers. And I'm going to test it out with some, like, the light gun games, because those are the ones that you can't emulate from arcade. Right, I mean, like arcade light gun games and you know Duck Hunt and shit like that operated mm-hmm. purely because of the old CRT televisions. Like that's how they worked, and it had to do with like the flickering signal or some shit. It's hard to. I still haven't really wrapped my head around it. But um, when you use an LCD monitor, you can't play Duck Hunt. It won't work. Like uh, none of those games will. But the ones on the Wii will because essentially with Wii games you were just moving a pointer around the screen, right? Kind of like, you know, with VR and stuff, you know, where it's just tracking where the center of your controller is and stuff like that. So, I'm going to I'm going to do a little experiment and play like a bunch of old gun games that I never played because you know, you can buy like a little $20 peripheral for your Wii that puts it in a little handgun and cuz I can't afford VR right now and I think it'd be fun just to uh, to play some old uh, those shooting games and some of them were definitely not worth paying money for. Uh, like back in the day on the Wii, like there was a lot of garbage put on that system, a lot of. Uh, I think that's where it was where the term <laughs> shovelware came from. There's just companies just fucking shoveling their shit onto that system, <laughs> and like you know expecting you to pay money for games that were like were flash games on computer, 
you know, like some like flash pointer game, and then they would like release it on the Wii as like a full game, and like it's still the same garbage. And anyway, so that's going to be my fun experiment for the weekend. Is uh, is seeing if it actually works with some old Wii controllers. Sounds like wish I was there to experiment with you, mate. That sounds great. Yeah, so I think I think it'll be fun. If it doesn't work, it's like not a big loss. <laughs> like <laughs> it's more just for fun, like just to see if if it actually does. I think my son might find, have fun with some of those games, just like the target practice ones, in lieu of paying six hundred bucks for some PlayStation VR or whatever. Although, you know, it would be would be kind of fun. Hey, do you want to do you want to play me another song? All right. Well, uh, Roxy Drive did bring out uh, an awesome new EP slash album. I'm not really sure uh, what you class it as. Unfortunately, it's not available on Bandcamp at the moment. Uh, well, six tracks. What is that, Andy? Is that an EP? I, this always confuses me when it's around the six track mark. I call everything an EP. What do you mean it's not on Bandcamp? It's on every other format, but not Bandcamp. You know, I like to buy my shit on Bandcamp. It's also, oh, so it's gotcha. on like uh, okay, basically okay, okay. it's on. Um, yeah iTunes, uh, I think it's on Beatport, uh, there's Google Play, uh, was it Google Music, sorry, no, it's Google Play, and it's available on Spotify as well, but um, anyway, it's a great EP called Girl on the TV, her debut, and I think we already played a track from it uh, the other week, the one that she produced with Celebrity to LA Dreams, but uh, this time we're going to play Run All Night. <laughs> All right. So this is Run All Night by Roxy Drive.
that was Roxy Drive with the track Run All Night. And that was Marco's second pick of the week. Um, yeah, man. So what, uh, what's on tap for this week, dude? I don't know. Just trying to get back uh, into this, I don't know, my regular schedule of uh, not drinking and uh, hitting the gym and doing my workouts and stuff. I don't know. Just, uh, just, just getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Good. Getting nice and fit. That the, is that the idea? You're going to be all fucking jacked by the time you... Uh, by the time Jazzy sees yeah. me again. I know. I, I, you can't let her see me like this, so... Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, every time she sees me, I'm in reasonably in shape, so I can't just rock up and I'm like, oh, you know, it wouldn't... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be disappointing for her, I'm sure. You know how it is. Yeah, no, I understand. But, you know, when, when people love each other, man, you know, they'll... Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 You've been watching too many romantic movies, Andy. <laughs> uh, I've been watching anything. I wish I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You've been playing too much Mario. It's that toxic masculinity. Mate. I know. I know. <laughs> Just that competition for the girl, man. What awful, awful. <laughs> well, look, we've had a lot of fun here today. <laughs> We're gonna do a little short one. <laughs> I gotta, man. I okay. I gotta edit today's. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> but I'm excited. There's lots of cool things happening with the show, so I'm happy for for that, and I'm happy that you had fun with Phaserland. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish you were here for it, mate. But we'll be uh, we'll be doing our own thing soon. And and when I do turn up to see you, Andy, you better not be like three days in the studio, fucking working. We're going to be out having some fun. You got to show me around for Christ's sakes. Well, see, because. I'm always I, I tried to maximize people's time, right? So when Jake was here, I was like, okay, well, he's here for three days, and so I wanted to make sure we did all of these beyond synth related stuff, and we got to most of it, but it but it was a lot of stuff. So it was you know like that's just the nature of things, you know, because we had to sit down and play some games, and that, we did a bunch of stuff like segments for the show, which uh, hopefully are are fun for people. Like we had a slumber party and some other stuff. Like it was a fucking ridiculous stuff we did. But uh, so there's going to be a segment of that episode where you get to see us in our PJs. You know, I've always hated pajamas. I fucking I don't know what it is. Like if I'm really cold at night, I'll sleep in a t-shirt in my underwear or something. If I'm really cold and. Like, normally, I wouldn't even sleep. It's, I just don't... I don't know. I've never liked pajamas. I don't know what it is. I'm just not a pajama person. Um, I wear... Are you a pajama ne- person? You put on pajamas I, every night when you go to bed. Um, I I have been wearing pajamas... Late, but pajama bottoms. Like, you know, like some fleece things or whatever. And Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how... Well, the top will just be a fucking t-shirt or something. like Just a t-shirt, I mean, what you're wearing or whatever. Yeah, okay. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I'm not like I'm not one of those naked people. Like, I don't like to walk mm-hmm. around naked. Um, I definitely wouldn't now because I've got kids and I don't want that to be one of their memories. Like, because people, they, I know true. people like that too, like just are like naked families, you know, like their fucking parents just walk out naked and stuff. I mean, not in front of me, but you know. And fair play, that's their house. I mean, like, you can do what you want, but I just don't want that to be, like, my kids' memories of me. <laughs> you know, like, just dad walking around naked. So, like, I like uh, having pajamas on. The schedule, my schedule is all fucked up now. Like, when you have kids, you know, they're all going to bed at different times. So I just end up passing out, like... So I like having pajamas on, so I'm sort of, like, prepped for the... Like, I have all this work to do, but if I'm, like, reading a story to my son to, like, get him to go to sleep, there's a good chance that I'm going to fall asleep, too. 
<laughs> and uh, and that happens all the time. That's a, one of the biggest reasons why I can't work at night or get anything done because it'll be like, oh, you want to just like fucking you know lay down with them till they go to bed and like <laughs> okay, and then I'll pass out too because especially when you have like you know my daughter's just like a little baby and there's nothing more peaceful in the world than passing out when your kid passes out. Mm, that must be beautiful. I will say that of like when it comes to like parenthood and like uh, you know the the joys of being a parent, it's uh, is uh, passing out. Like if you're like laying on the couch and you've got a baby that you've been like chasing after like all day, and then they're just in your arms, and then like they fall asleep. I just fall asleep too because it's just like there's nothing more peaceful than like taking a nap when the baby's napping. Hmm. And uh, but then that means I don't get any work done. So that's the. <laughs> I honestly don't know how you get everything done every week. I'm actually pretty impressed. I mean, you're the family life, and then you got it every week. I mean, I, I am pretty impressed. I have to admit. Well, it's uh, you know, it just means I'm all fucking manic and stressed, and my heart's gonna fucking explode. That's all. Well, that's <laughs> what I worry about, Andy. <laughs> that's what I do worry about. <laughs> Hope you've been all right in the last few weeks. <laughs> hey, do you want to play me another song? Sure, sure. i got another one here for you. This is from uh, Street Cleaner, and this is Bitches Leave. <laughs> Bitches Leave. It's got a picture from Robocop, obviously. Clarence. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Uh... I knew you'd like that. <laughs> Clarence Boddicker is one of the best fucking villains in a thing. Like, I love Clarence he Boddicker really so is. much. He really fucking um, is. Yes, all right. Well, let's check this out. This is yeah. Bitches Leave by Street Cleaner. Bitches leave. I do it. 
And that was Street Cleaner with the track Bitches Leave. Marco's uh, third pick of the week. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to rank Hello. Hey baby. Oh, that is adorable. Do you want to be part of the show? Aww. Say hi Marco. Hello, baby lost. <laughs> Say Habu. <laughs> Those aren't words. It's so adorable. <laughs> I knew it. Your kid's going to be a talk show host too. Do you want to be a talk show host? Mm. Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Say bye bye to Marco. Bye bye. Say bye bye. Bye bye, cutie. Nine nine nine. Do you want some food? Are you hungry? <laughs> well, Marco, will go cook you a steak. Yeah. Yeah, Marco's going to cook you a steak. Marco's going to come over to Canada, and he's going to cook us a nice steak. Will do. But uh, listen, you have a good week. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you next week. And hopefully I'll get a chance to... Maybe I'll try and binge uh, Stranger Things so we can uh, do a review or something. That would be cool. That would be cool. So have you watched any of it? I've seen the first episode. So just the first. All right. Well, you got eight episodes to go, so I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be. I'm going to have some positive thoughts. Okay. All right, man. And you have a lovely weekend, and we'll right. uh, we'll talk to you next week. You too. And don't forget, keep it real and keep it eighties. <laughs> I think I think she wants mommy. Mommy's not here. Are you going to keep it real and keep it eighties? Yeah? No? She's, she's oh, shaking her head no. Uh, yeah, I guess she's not going to keep it eight. <laughs> and that was Keeping It 80s with Marco Merrick. Special guest star, a baby. <laughs> Listen, I'm on a tight schedule today, so I'm not going to do the full Patreon, but I will do a shout-out to the new patrons, because we have a bunch this week. So uh, we'll do the Patreon song, and maybe I'll do my $10 donors and the new patrons. So as you guys know, uh, Beyond Synth has a Patreon. Patreon is a way you can support the show. Uh, it really helps. It keeps the show going on a regular basis, which is nice. And also, uh, you know, the more we can get towards the show, the better the show can be. And the more time I can focus on it, which is, you know, the key thing. Because I don't say this very often, but it is the Patreon that is keeping the show coming out on a weekly basis. Like, without it, I wouldn't be able to do this show as regularly as I do. So I appreciate everybody who donates to the Patreon. Tell your friends uh, to give me all their money. Okay, so I just want to uh, do a quick shout out to my new patrons this week. There's Rob Dyson. Thank you, Rob. You're a cool guy for donating to Beyond Synth. I think he messaged me on Twitter to say he was happy that uh, he discovered uh, Holland and Syntax by listening to the show, and uh, that's cool. That's when the show is working properly, is when people can find cool music by listening to it. Then there is, uh, I got in two new $5 donors this week. There's Jared Glenn and Damien Rudy's. Is that how you say your name, Rudy's? Damien Rudy's. I think so. Jared Glenn, I think I'm saying correctly. I love the idea that, like, 
the normal names, if I'm just pronouncing people's normal names and it turns out that they're all crazy, but the crazy ones are pronounced normally, like Jared Glenn is actually pronounced like Jared Gloon. I'm thinking now you should call yourself Jared Gloon. <laughs> Jared Gloon. <laughs> uh, anyways, thank you guys for your support. Uh, it means a lot to me. You're both cool. You're all cool. Everybody is cool. That's the bottom line. And I also have a new $6.66 donor this week, Renton Brax. He's joining the legacy of the donation of the beast. And uh, that makes me happy. So uh, next week, uh, I'm going to try. Maybe I'm going to do it like week on, week off doing the $5, $6 donors. Because I don't want the Patreon to keep getting longer and boring for people to listen to. But uh, don't worry, buddy. You will get your... Uh, uh, your donation of the beast jingle next week when I uh, when I do the full Patreon. And now I'd like to uh, just quickly thank all of my lovely uh, $10 Pattersons. There's Colin Bennett, Winfield, Will Lowe, Joshua Evison, Slunks, fucking Slunks! Greg Smith, Ashley Keegan, Tim Walmsley, Mike Shima, Shabugen, Playmaker Media, Murat Ogute, Elias Garnier, Polly Digital, and of course Fraser Davidson. And then my lovely, uh, my lovely donors here who give all the wacky amounts, you know, with the 1111, as always, it is the lovely Chris Elia Lane. And then with the 1987, it's Frank Skinicki with the 2288, Mr. Jacob Wick. And then my lovely, uh, my $25 pals, man, these people are very generous and very awesome to, uh, donate to Beyond Synth. There is Chris Dance. There is Gregorio Franco, White Tiger, and of course, Clint Dowling. And I want to thank everybody for donating to Beyond Synth. It means a lot to me. It really does. And it keeps this show coming out regularly, which is the key. That is the most important thing, I guess. If you like this show. If you don't like this show, then... That donating to it would be bad. So let's listen to another track and then uh, we'll go chat with uh, Calyx. So, what do I got in my list? All right, you know what? I think I played this song a while ago. I forget. I don't have like playlists that I remember what I played, but I was going through and uh, I had my thing set on random and then this song came up and I was like, oh yeah, this song is cool. So, I'm going to play it anyway. So, maybe I've played it like a year ago. I don't remember. Uh, it's by Jimmy Synthetic and it's a track called Time Pursuit.
And that was Time Pursuit by Jimmy Synthetic. And uh, that's a fun little track. I dig it. You should dig it too. And now, let's go and chat with Calix. All right. So I am here with Calix. How's it going? It's going good, man. How's it going? I'm all right. So what's going on, dude? What's what's happening in uh, in England right now? Liverpool. Uh, it's it's probably the worst weather it's been in a long time. Like autumn is probably hitting harder. Like today, it's been nonstop because I think Dublin had like some sort of like tornado, and it's like hitting Liverpool bad. Like the wind is crazy. Like trees like blowing away and breaking apart. It's just been nonstop rain. But yeah, autumn is killing it over here. I love autumn, especially like when all the leaves turn orange. I, just, I don't know, it's like my favorite season. I don't know, I, that's a bit weird, but I hate, I, like, I can't stand summer. I'm like one of those guys who goes out, just melts in the sun. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> so when, when autumn comes around, I'm like, yeah, I love it. So you are a liver puddlian, is that correct? I am, mate, yeah. I'm sound. As they say. <laughs> sound is a pound. Well, it's always fun to chat with people from the different regions of England, because I don't think I've <laughs> yeah. had a... A Liverpudlian before. Liverpudlian yeah. on. There we go, sorry. Well, I'm your first scouser then, I'm guessing. Yeah, see, you know what this accent reminds me of, besides the Beatles, was there was this game, Conker's Bad Fur Day, for the N64. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and there was, uh, I think there was, like, some scouse uh, dung yeah. beetles, because there's this, this part where you're in, like, this world of shit, <laughs> yeah. and there's these beetles, and they have that accent. Hey, pal, what's where you going? Hey uh, right there, take, take my bicycle out of here. It's still really bad in there. You just don't want to go in there. Now, just calm down and tell me what's the matter. It's so bad though. I can tell it's not real scouts. It's just when people try and do it, it's always they always do a high pitch. Like oh, I'm from Liverpool, you know. I'm dead hard and I'm a scouser. Oh yeah, that's yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> that's exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> when Rare was making games and they had audio uh, dialogue, I think it was just people on the team <laughs> doing the audio. Like I don't think they hired voice actors. That makes sense, actually. Rare were killing it back in the day. Actually, I, I, I oh, so yeah. many rare games, so cool. And I, I, I recently, uh, I seen a, like uh, something on Facebook. I, like, I'm not with games. At all. I used, to, I love retro games and talk about them for ages. But I've I seen like Xbox like re-releasing them or something. I was just like, whoa! Mm-hmm. What about PlayStation? That's not fair at all. I remember, like, obviously, I know you love GoldenEye, but I, I love them. What's that game called again? It was like a, it was like a clone of GoldenEye. Perfect Dark was it? Something like that. Oh yeah, Perfect Dark. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that, mate. And like, especially all like the secret locations and stuff. And I tried to play that recently and the control, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, I couldn't get my head around because I'm so used to like the PlayStation control and the analogs and it was just so backwards for me. I just like, oh, no way. I couldn't get my head around it. So how did I even play this back in the day? Yeah, see, Perfect Dark is, is also very good. Like, I always talk yeah. about Goldeneye, but I think if I actually did the math... I probably played more Perfect Dark wow. than Goldeneye because because Perfect Dark had um, all those options in there. And I've said this a million times on this show, and I'm going to say it again to you now, is there's a mod online, which is what I'm always talking about, which is where they took Perfect Dark, but they put all the Goldeneye stuff into Perfect Dark. Wow. 
and that's what I play. And I've solved the control issue because I know what you're talking about. Like I have the sense memory because I put so much time into Perfect Dark that when I go back and hold an N64 controller, as weird as it is, it only takes me a few minutes to get back into the groove of it. Wow! But it's flipped, right? It's it's the opposite. It's yeah. like you're doing your head motion with your left hand yeah. and moving with your right, and and nowadays it's backwards. Like they flipped it yep. with the analog sticks. So I use a PlayStation controller when I play my emulator, and I configure it in such a way that it is configured the way a modern first-person shooter is configured, so I flip the analog sticks. That's genius. Yeah, and so you can do it. It's The only thing that it is weird about the way that it controls yeah. is like when you turn your head and you turn your aimer, Yeah. the aimer doesn't immediately move with your head. It kind of floats. Okay. Um, did you ever play the Wii? Uh, not really, no. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of an example. Well, on the Wii, anyways, there was a thing called, like, a bounding box. So, essentially, it was... You'd be moving your aimer around the screen if you were pointing the Wii remote at the screen like it was a gun. Yeah. And you wouldn't want it to turn every time you had a little hand motion, so it wouldn't start to turn the screen until you point it all the way to the edge. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, So, yeah, like, yeah. in modern first-person shooters... The second you even turn slightly your analog stick, your whole vision moves. Yeah. Like your vision is, is locked to your aimer. But in GoldenEye, the, the vision isn't locked to the aimer. So the aimer can actually like move for a little bit before you start to turn. Yep. And that's like the weirder thing to, to get your head around. But when they re-released Perfect Dark on the Xbox... What? That's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did an HD remake of Perfect Dark um, like four years ago. <laughs> oh my God, see what I mean? I'm still not up to date with like games. And, oh, I need to get that for sure. Honey. Yeah, I think like it's on, they released a rare collection on Xbox and I think they, they put the Perfect Dark remake back on that collection. Wow. And the thing is, in the Perfect Dark remake, the one that they did, because I play a mod so it still plays like Perfect Dark, but the remake, yeah. they actually made an option to lock the aimer to the so it plays more like a modern shooter yeah and it was pretty good like they they changed some stuff though that was the only problem like um there's a lot of stuff i loved about perfect dark and some of it was the silly faces and things and when they ported it over to xbox they had to replace all the faces because those were like they were all like old employees and so like all the faces were new and some of them they had to take away and one of them disappointed me because one of the characters looked like me because there was that character called Trent the bad guy Trent yeah and he had like the red suit and his face because it's low resolution looked kind of like my face and so when I played the game I would always use his head on a tuxedo body and in the remake he looked nothing like me and I was like I was disappointed by that (laughs) so uh, but it played okay it was fine Yeah, yeah that's cool yeah, I've ne- never really been into, like, Nintendo games. Like, for me, I'm always Sega, but I did get an Nintendo 64, for sure, because I was always on Perfect Dark and Mission Impossible. They were my games back th- back in the day. I loved them. I loved the way you could just, like, camouflage and change your face and go on the cover. I was just like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the best game ever. I, I love, like, stealth games. I mean, I love them, like, Metal Gear Solid and stuff. The best. Yeah. I think what I love about... Actually, you know what? Let's listen to some music, and then we'll fucking... <laughs> We'll, right. we'll talk. We'll we'll pick this right up with some fucking stealth, but uh, we'll go in order here. So uh, the first thing you released was the Outlands EP. Is that correct? That's the one. All right. So let's listen to a track from that, which I dug, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll listen to the titular Outlands track. That's a cool song. So here is Outlands by Calyx. 
And that was Outlands by Calyx. Actually, how do you say Calyx? Do you say it in a different way? No, that's that's spot on. A lot of people when I went when I played Retro Future Fest, they kept on calling me Kalox. And I was just like, mm. what? It's a bit weird. Um but Calyx is correct, yeah. For sure. Alright, cool. I don't know. But it's I, I don't care either way. It sounds cool either way. Well I think Calyx oh, sounds better. Kalax sounds like like a medicine. <laughs> I know it's like all my friends say like it sounds like something for your stomach. Yeah, exactly. That's ex- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's fuck. that's why I like. But but to me, it just it seems like it would be Calix. Like I don't know why you would pronounce that a. Some people are weird the way that they just assume weird pronunciations of things. Yeah, yeah. But this is a cool album. It's got uh, Calix was sent to the Outlands after a spaceship malfunctioned. Yeah, is that correct? Did I follow the story properly? So yeah. there's a fictional dude who who is in these albums of calyx yeah i mean back then i was so into concept albums i want to let people know like like my my songs are like i want to be like a story so that's why i kept on adding in like voices especially metropolis and i think people got it by then so i stopped it for a while Mm. and listening back like outlands was like just all over the place at the time i just wanted to try different sounds and push the barriers and like I don't know, experiment with different things and listening back, I was just like, sometimes I'm like, why did I do that? And then, I know a lot of artists don't like the past stuff, but for me, it, sometimes when I, when I released it, I just wanted to take it down. I was like, what? What? what is this? Like, it doesn't make, it's so many different sounds. It's all over the place. At one minute, it's like fantasy 80s film. The next minute, I've got like a German rapper going, this book, you know, <laughs> Blackmaster Tie was so cool. He really, he loves the scene and he's such a nice guy. And then he just really wants to work with me, and I was just like, "Well, whatever, we'll just go for mm. it." For him on the track, and because at the original, I had, yeah, I had the, another rapper, an English rapper, but I thought either way, it's still a bit weird. Like, not many rappers are in the scene. Mm. I mean, there is a few, and I dig it. I think it's so cool. I think because I, I love anything different. But, but Outlands is, um, yeah, it's different. <laughs> at the time, I, I still didn't know my sound. Like, I've only just really found my sound. Like. I always started making music in 2008, but it was very different. Like, it wasn't even synthway back then. It was a lot of, like, soundtrack style. I guess it was a bit trancey as well. I might upload one one day just to let people know what it sounds like. Mm. I used to listen to, like, 80s stuff in MySpace back in MySpace days, especially Danger and Space Harrier and Kavinsky. I used to be obsessed with the profiles back then. I was just like, whoa, what's this cool? Like, you'd land on their page and they'd have all this, like, animated GIFs and, like, flashing neon lights and stuff and <laughs> all this distortion thing. And I was just like, this is so cool because I'd listen to it and watch it and see all these pictures. And then, it was like, I, I would escape. I was like, this is so fucking cool. There's no music like this at all. A couple of years later, and then I remember that I got a little bit better making music and then the whole dry thing and it got that big in college. And I was just like... You know, I'll give this a go. I'll just give this a little go, and then I made Journey in an hour. It's just dead quick from like because before then I was just making like trance songs, and so I've got a little bit of knowledge behind me. I know Journey isn't the best reduction, but for me, I, just, I made it dead quick, and the feedback was so great. And I was just like, this is crazy. And then I realized there was like this big scene. Well, back then it wasn't big. Like 2013, I started. It was Betamax really who really got me into it. I was just like, this guy is killing it. I was just like, I loved all the sounds and from there it was Mitch Murder and I was just like whoa and, I, and it's, everything just felt right to me I was like this is the place I need to be everyone said back in the past like your song sounds so like emotional and soundtrack don't we give 80s ago like because I had instruments here and there especially the drums and I had no idea there was like a big scene I was just like it, everything just felt so right at home and as soon as I like, brought my first track out everyone was so nice and like 
you never got that in like any other scene mm. if you release the track it's straight away people are like this is fucking shit yeah. you know, like, fuck and, you yeah it's just crap <laughs> you know like put you down straight away but like the scene that's give me like it was so called open arms just straight in everyone was kind and give me like tips here and there do this do this and yeah like it's just I did release the EP before Outland but it's so different I just again I always do this I always, I'm so cre- I'm so hard on myself and I just end deleting it taking down I, I even right now I'm writing a new EP I'm just like Ugh, I don't want to release it I'm just so I'm so hard on myself and I think I'm like OCD with music I'm like I'm so bad looking at your band camp you see people who are very happy to uh, I never do this during interviews but I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking at your band camp and I see David Rottenberger says classic masterpiece by legendary Calix so glad to see Legend. its return to band camp and Queen Toto <laughs> says one of the most amazing albums I heard in a while powerful authentic I love it so kind it's crazy to me like, <laughs> like and Miguel friend says to me all the time, you're just too hard on yourself. Like, maybe people like it. That's because you don't like it. Other people like it. But, like, I've released a lot of songs since 2013, a lot on SoundCloud. And usually I leave them off for, like, a month or two. It gets to the point when I'm like, oh, just delete this. This is the worst thing ever. And even with my new album, I uploaded every single track. And I was just like, nah, I'm going to delete all these. These are not that, not that good. I'm so hard on myself. I need to stop being like that. I just need to, like, release it and leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once it's on the internet, there's nothing you can do. It's on the internet forever. There's no point trying to delete it. Yeah, I mean, it's better that you're putting music up there instead of, like, pictures of your dick. <laughs> I mean, like, you're putting up stuff for people. Well, I'm just saying, like, of all the things you could put up that's, like, still going to be on the internet forever, like, at least it's, like, cool music. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's worse things you could put on the internet forever. That's true. Like, pictures of your dick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear the nervous laughter of a guy who's put pictures of his dick on the internet. <laughs> Well, Andy, that's confidential. <laughs> that wasn't a yes. That was just a joke. <laughs> well, listen, even though you have a lot of shame for this past work, we're going to listen to another uh, song that I dug from this album. Yeah. And then we'll uh, we'll continue to move forward through the, uh, what the fuck's the word? The discography of Calyx. The regrets. The regrets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's a cool track. This was uh, Sapphire City by Calyx.
And that was Calex with the track Sapphire City. And I'm here with Calex right now. And uh, we teased it before, but then we didn't talk about it. But uh, we were talking about stealth games, and you were talking about uh, digging the stealth games. And for me personally, I miss the kind of the simplicity of old stealth games. Like, I don't know, maybe I just me being an old man, but I kind of like when the AI is sort of a little bit dumb. I like that the stealth in GoldenEye and Perfect Dark and in Metal Gear Solid... You can pretty much, like, sneak up behind people and they don't really do anything. And, like, you can leave the room. and Like, in Metal Gear, how you'd, like, set off the alarm and, like, just leave the room and then come back in and everything was fine. Yeah, they're all idiots. Like, when you're in a box, just, like, top, like, what's that noise? It's just a box. Like, (laughs) a box with footprints behind it, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, the best game. Uh, Well, Metal Gear Solid, I couldn't get enough of it. I was, like, especially when you mess around with, like, all the enemies and stuff. And the storyline was so cool. I know they released it for the GameCube, but I wish they release it again, like a HD Master. I think it'll be awesome. It's one of the best games ever. One of the stealth games ever, anyway. Yeah, you can tell how lazy some of these companies are when it comes to HD remasters, because it's like, they'll do part two, and they'll do part three of Metal Gear, but they won't do part one. And I think it's just because maybe the way that it was made, I think they would just have to completely rebuild it. Like, this is me assuming that because it's like, if they could do it easily, they just would. Because they've done, uh, they've released a few like kind of remastered Metal Gear compilations and they don't do part one. And they also don't put the GameCube version. Yeah. Because I thought like, well, if they're not going to do the original PlayStation, at least bring the GameCube one, but then they won't do that either. So I don't know if the GameCube one is caught up in some weird legal stuff, like based on the company that released it. I didn't think about that, yeah. But I will say that I played the GameCube one. Twin Snakes. Yeah, they, they, they sort of did like, oh, it's an extended edition. Like, they re-recorded the dialogue, yeah. and, and they um, they added more dialogue. In the past, I've talked about it on this show, about how I didn't actually like some of the re-recorded dialogue because they changed some pronunciations of words and they changed some uh, emphasis and stuff that that kind of annoyed me. But the other thing they did was they extended everything and I thought it made the game like not as cool because like Hmm. I loved Metal Gear Solid and I liked how every time you defeated a bad guy they'd give you like a speech before they died. (laughs) And then in the GameCube one they added like so much more dialogue that there was a point where I was just like, okay, just fucking die. Like, this was an emotional scene, and now you're <laughs> fucking it up because you're, you're not killing the dude. It's like when I watched uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong, and at the end of the movie, he's hanging off the building, and he's been blown away by a bunch of planes, and he's about to fall. And I remember in the theater going, this is pretty emotional, man. If he falls right now... You know, maybe I'll have a tear for this. But then they just held on him for too long because the movie was like three hours long. So it's like, well, let's just have him fucking just hold on and just stare for like two minutes. And then it got to the point where I was like, well, I don't care anymore. Like he should have fell a minute ago and then I would have been (laughs) emotional about this scene. But you just you hung on it for too long and then the emotion went away. And so in Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, they killed a lot of the emotion for me in those characters' death scenes because they just they yeah. dragged them out too long. And they also matrixed up the cut scenes so, like, Snake was, like, jumping around dodging bullets and stuff. Wow, I don't remember that. I have to, like, play that again. Yeah, go on YouTube and just see because they added a whole bunch of matrix stuff. So Snake is, like, dodging bullets. But what was cool was that they made 
Gray Fox a lot cooler because he actually deserved Matrix stuff because he was Cyborg Ninja. For sure. So they had a yeah. lot of cool things of him flipping around in slow motion with his swords and stuff, and I thought that stuff was cool, but the stuff with Snake was over the top because it was like, well, he's not a fucking superhero, and he was like flipping around, dodging bullets, and it just, I didn't buy it. But I love the original. Yeah, I, I, there was a, I haven't played Phantom Pain. I've, all I've heard is bad things about it, so I just didn't even, I haven't even seen, I don't even know what the story's about at all. All I know is Snake is in this. And um, he's young. I, I don't know. Maybe it's me talking shit. But again, I don't play new games. Yeah, I don't remember who the... I mean, I know they changed the voice actor. So Kiefer Sutherland is him in this game. Oh, yeah? What the fuck, man? Don't know. I don't know. I mean, I like Kiefer Sutherland, but... Otacon. Yeah, but I don't... It, it was a really weird... <laughs> decision yeah. but i've heard good things about the game really like I, it got pretty well reviewed i just haven't played it for some reason i don't know why i feel like maybe i'm just done with that franchise even though i really liked playing them like i loved part four and i liked you know the previous ones and for some reason yeah. even though i've had lots of gamer friends tell me this game's really good you're gonna like it i just haven't w- wanted to play it and i don't know why yeah same with me i think it's just i think it's because it wasn't uh, the original snake voice i went ahead about it i was like i'm not playing it then i just i got yeah. so scared <laughs> and i was like i'm not playing it no meryl there's only one guy is it Merrill, yeah. What's his name? David. What's his name? David. David Hater. David Hater. Yeah. Yeah. He's also a screenwriter. Yeah. You know, he's awesome. I love his voice. It's so cheesy, but like to me, that is Snake, and so like it's hard to accept another person <laughs> doing that. It's just, and he's still around, and he can still do it. So, yeah. Exactly. I remember he got really upset on Twitter about it as well, and his reading all this uh, tweets about it. It's like he was so upset at the time when he didn't get it. But well, yeah. Metal Gear Solid 2 is another story when Raiden came in or Raiden I love that one that that game made me cry when he done that like that cool handshake with Archon like like when his sister died when she got shot <laughs> by the vampire dude <laughs> I love that one that was the best ever they released like a HD master or something mm. yeah, on the Playstation so I need to double check that because I'll play that soon actually what a game I love it part 2 the thing that just impressed me the most was the graphics because I remember that was like one of the first games I played on Playstation 2 and I just remember going like, wow, like these graphics look so fucking good. <laughs> now I go back and it's very primitive. But at the time, I just remember thinking like, this looks so smooth. Like, every- And then I remember you could go into like first person mode with your gun and you could like shoot bottles. That's right, and every yeah. bottle would break individually off the bar. And I just thought like, this game is awesome. Like just because of that. <laughs> Games now, they're all just sort of visually impressive. But, you know, in the early days of 3D and when, when the new systems came out, there was always just every game had like a new thing thing that was cool yeah. oh this game the water effects look really nice and look at this game the rain looks so cool and there's like a shine on the floor from the water and like yeah. and then some other game would do really cool looking fire or like look at the smoke in this one and i think metal gear i was just i just loved uh, shooting the bottles off the bar just going like hey man each one like breaks individually <laughs> like this is so cool like so yeah, simple but awesome. you know. especially like um, all the little easter eggs go in the locker and you could kiss like naked women posters <laughs> like you just pressed r1 r2 and you go kissing kissing all the photos and I remember in Metal Gear Solid 1 it's like the guy had diarrhea and he could like you could find him like you could see him or something like that yeah. I don't know like all the stupid things you could find I remember like I used to get this like back then you could plug in something to your Playstation's like cheat and I remember like used to like get the key card mm-hmm. so then you'll go through like one of these doors and like level 1 and then you'll get level like 25 and you go straight to the end like you'll skip to the bit where you get tortured and like you'd have to like press like I think, it was, I don't know, it was like R1 or someone or X, like so fast and you like, could you get electrocuted? And if you passed it, Meryl survived. If you didn't pass it, Otacon survived. 
and then uh, it, well, I think there's a way where they both survive. Uh, I might be wrong about that. It depends on the torture scene. You know, if, if you like, you pass it, Meryl survives. If she doesn't, she dies at the end. I love that, mate. I also always want to get to that scene straight away. But in Metal Gear Solid Four, they were both alive. So I think no matter what happened in your version of Part Two, like I think they just assume that she lived because she was in Part Four. Sorry, yeah, this is, this is when she's getting like killed by Sniper Wolf in Number One, and if he, he, he survived the shock thing by um, she survives, even though she gets shot, like she wakes up and then she survives, and then Alcon dies because she survives or something. I can't remember. It was such a long time ago. I blew my mind that because I always thought she died, and one of my friends told me like. She can survive if you do this, this, this. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so I uh, made me play it all over again. It was the best thing ever. I was like, yes. Do you remember Psychomantis as well? You have to change your control to control two. I was playing him for hours and hours. I couldn't kill him. And then mummy friends told me at school, like, no, you're going to put, you got to take control one out and put a control two. And then his powers don't work. And that, that blew my mind. I was just like, this is the best game in the world. And it, is. it was such a weird the sense of humor of Metal Gear is still something that I find so surprising because it's like it's this weird dark super violent game but it also has this weird quirky sense of humor because that was one of the things like the I can't read your mind because like you take the fucking controller <laughs> out and then remember when he like he makes your controller vibrate on the table he's just like set your controller down yeah. and then like you do it and it starts yeah. shaking and it's like so they there's always yeah. these weird jokes to remind you that you were playing a video game which was a weird thing but also awesome yeah man. listen we got to listen to some more music here. We're going to move forward to the album Metropolis, and we're going to listen to a track that I dug from this album. Uh, it's a track called Seasick by Kallax.
That was Seasick by Calyx from the album Metropolis. And I'm here with Calyx right now, and I was worried for Calyx because it sounded like he was going to um, be in another spaceship crash at the start of this album. <laughs> so I feel like Calyx is always in some sort of spaceship crash at the start of these concept albums. <laughs> that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I want to, I want to just make like a, it's true. Like I'm always in a spaceship crashing somewhere. I should not be in a spaceship. That's why I'm not anymore. I can't drive. <laughs> For Kallax, though, I, I had all this like sci-fi like, concept thing because one of my favorite films is Flight of the Navigator. So I kind of like borrowed the ship from there. Mm. That's what the ship is, basically. And Zara is like the girl voice in the spaceship at the time, but I completely just stopped doing that now for some reason. I just I don't know. I think people just get bored of like concept albums, so I just took all like all the interludes out for the latest one and just don't do it anymore. I might bring it back one day, but we'll see. Well, it's always fun to do. I don't know. Creates an atmosphere. Yeah, I, I, that's why I, I help put in, you know, like, little interludes and just help people know what's going on, like I said, because it's like a concept. So that's why there's always, like, 20 seconds, like, in, interludes, just let people know, like, what Calix is doing, where he's, where he's going, like, <laughs> trying to find this girl, you know, like a love story sort of thing. Yeah. It seems to me he's always crashing. <laughs> yeah, he's just, just drunk all the time. He shouldn't yeah. even be in, in a spaceship. <laughs> Does he know what he's doing? Hates everything that he does. Regrets everything. Just a lost soul <laughs> in the spaceship. So what's going on in fucking uh, Liverpool today besides the weather? Today I'm still polishing off. I've got a new EP coming out um, very soon, actually. This is very um, different as well. Like I said, like this is very like cinematic from my last album. I've took like, a different direction. Well, I took elements from the album, but this is, um, it's a little bit dark, but it's more like atmospheric, uh, cinematic, emotional. Yeah, I can't want to give too much away, but that'll be dropping very soon, actually. So I've just been polishing that off today. Um, I think I've got one more track I'm going to be singing on, and that's it. It's ready to go out. Cool. From Outlands to Metropolis to my latest album. It just sounds like a completely different artist, you know? You would never know it's me, because I'm always, like, evolving and changing. Like, I've always been that way. I don't like to stick to the same sound. Like, I'm always, like, adding little new elements because I get bored. I know you hate that, by the way. I've heard you say before, like, you like to know who you're listening to. And with me, it could be anyone. It could be, like, Celine Dion. You just don't know. It just could be anyone. <laughs> you're using my words against me? <laughs> no, my point, what you're saying is, is I have said that, but the purpose of that point is when I don't know who I'm listening to because it's like generic synth wave. I see. So I have nothing I have no problem with people like altering their sound. In fact, I mean that's important, right? I mean as an artist you have to you have to stay interested in what you're doing. Yeah. And I don't hold it against people if you know if they release a few tracks and they're you know they're cool but they're kind of you know standard synth wave stuff and then I find that if people stick with what they're doing they start to grow into a sound that's more theirs. Exactly. And when I talk about artists who do vocals to me that's just a sort of shortcut to having yeah. a defined sound because it's like if I'm listening to La Cassette no matter what music is going on in the background it's Adam McNabb's voice yeah. right so like his voice is La Cassette as much as as much as the music is and so the second I hear one I don't have to think in my head like who is this but if I love a song even if it's instrumental I know who it is Yeah. but it's uh, it's tricky to define a sound too it's like when people are doing that sort of that synth wave or retro sound you know, sometimes there's certain samples that people are sort of using the same ones for, like drum samples and, and techniques. Yeah. You know, so it's tricky as well to sort of create a unique sound while still trying to sort of have that nostalgia. I mean, like, it's it's tough. I, I Like, for I sure. think that it's tough. But I mean, yeah. if a song is cool, I like the song. So I don't, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, with, with Metropolis, um, the reason why it's so like electronic, at the time, I'd done a gig with college, I think it was around 2014. Well, originally it was 2013, but he missed his flight, and that was two weeks in for me making even synthwave, so I was just like, what? It's just so weird. But anyway, in 2014, a lot of people in Liverpool told me, like, you need to change your music, you need to be more like fast-paced and electronic and we'll throw you on all these gigs and I was like oh cool so we did that and uh, I heard fuck all so <laughs> I was like fuck why did I do this it's like it's just not me at all but I tried to keep some 80s elements in there but it's very electronic and uh, some of it wasn't me like again because I got offered a lot of gigs and you're like we can do this but we, you need to like have faster songs and you know electronic French and all this they're telling me and I was like okay I'll, I'll go for it I've never done anything like this before and then yeah nothing happened so I didn't write any music for two years and then only till I think I came out of an album this year I forgot already yeah April and then that was me like experimenting with a lot of sounds and like trying to find me sound and then eventually I was just like yeah this is this is my sound for sure this is it for sure I'm not going to change and only little slightly things just like depending on the emotion of the soundtrack because there is some sort of like concept always in my music so sometimes you can be like really emotional and it can be like hard or outrunnish. I like to like have both worlds with my music for sure because I'm such a fan of like the scene. I like to experiment all sounds, you know. Well, it's fun to experiment, man. Yeah. With sounds and sexually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> ah, we're having a good time. So what uh, what do you do for fun then, man? What are you doing for fun when you're not uh, making music? Right now, I've got a friend who's. I think you might know him actually Jared Green he's like at the moment he's redesigning a whole Mega Drive for me mm. so we're working on changing the character swap from one of the characters or adding a new character in so there's going to be a character they're going to remake Streets of Rage and put his character for me to play and he's going to send me like the game cartridge and the whole modded Mega Drive with like a Raspberry Pi in there as well like a Retro Pi in there for me he's putting like a button where I can switch it on with my iPhone this guy is like the real hacker man he blows my mind he's like insane what he does yeah he's been uh sponsoring beyond synth so we are for the audience listening yeah. we're talking about retro revolutions and uh i did see some pictures i think while he was doing it of the the calyx build uh because he's he's using a, a mega drive case right or a sega genesis case yeah i bought one and sent him over it and then yeah 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 that's it yeah he's, he's modified everything yeah because i've been talking to him i don't want to spoil it but um i've been planning a thing with him for a while because he was showing me this stuff and i was just like oh man we got to do something and so like i think i'm going to do like a video series where because he's been doing youtube videos where he's um you know building these like modded things and so i think the plan is anyways to do like a beyond synth slash retro revolutions crossover for the thing that he's going to build for me wow but that's awesome man. i don't want to spoil it but it's going to be a like <laughs> it's it's sort of like a Swiss Army knife uh, concepts console. So I was just like, dude, like, yeah. What if we just added this, this, and this? And I keep on like coming up with dumb things to like add into the system. The system, he's not giving it away. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a way to talk about like I'm excited because if it works, because here's what I told him. I said like I would love like if he wants to do this thing. I mean like I would love that. I mean he's been a sponsor of the show and and uh, like I chat with him and he's a cool guy. Yeah. So I said. I don't want you to build something for me that is just going to sit on a shelf as like a novelty item. Yeah. In some ways, it's going to be similar to what he's built for you. Like it's going to have a retro game case, but a retro pie inside. Yeah. And I said, like, I want it to be something that I will actually use. 
because I wanted to sit proudly on the table or whatever and say like that's the retro gaming console and so I said here's what I would like in order to make it a useful device for me so it's not just some novelty thing so I wouldn't want him to put all this work and then I just put it on a shelf you know in a frame and say like there's my custom cool thing someone built like I want to actually use it for sure so I was coming up with a list of items of just like hey and it'd be cool if it had this and this and this and so I don't even know how the hell he's going to fit the stuff that I want in there <laughs> but he's a clever dude he's, he's, so he's, yeah yeah, he, he blows me away, the things he's made. He's just made, like, a PSP. I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but he tells me all the time all the things he's making, but I think he made a PSP. We can use, like, a PlayStation control wirelessly or something like that. Yeah, that's his big project, is that's the one where he's... Yeah. He's turned a PSP into a console... Yeah, that's it. ...which no one's ever got to work properly and, like, his functions so it's essentially it's like you can take the little umd discs that the psp and put them into this machine that's like a consoleized version of a psp so it plays psp games with a playstation controller and i I mean i watched his videos and it just to me like i am not technical that way (laughs) i mean when i see what he's doing and like just all the the different wires that have to be like soldered to different things i'm just like oh i like i'm out like i don't get it yeah but i'm it's so cool that he does because like to me dude like i'm building like the beyond synth set and i probably ripped it apart like six times because i'll do so much work and then i'll realize like after doing like 30 hours of like building that what i built doesn't work right and then i'm like oh fuck and i painted it and everything and i'm like oh i guess i gotta rip it apart and i've literally ripped it apart like four times i just keep putting work in and then i realize like it hours into it that like oh i'm a really shitty engineer (laughs) like i'm just really bad at it (laughs) and even even the way it is now I'm basically just going to have to live with the way it is now because I'm still not happy with it. Oh, dude, that looks awesome. Well, I think, honestly, the joke is going to be that all the work I've put in since I've ripped it apart four, four different times, I think, ultimately, it's going to look either exactly the same on camera or worse. Oh, my after God. All of, like, after all, I've literally <laughs> I've ripped it apart so many times, and it is going to look no different or worse. That's the best it's going to be. I wish I had a fucking studio. I mean, that's the thing. I I basically have to make the set so it actually, like, collapses so I can put it away. All right. Because I, I don't have, like, a big room that I can just have be the set all the time. And so part of building this set is, like, making it so I can fold it and, like, basically, like, hide it behind some things. And it's, like, so that's part of the wow. thing. Let's listen to some more music. <laughs> How about that? Okay. Here's a cool track. This is another one that I really liked from the album Metropolis. This is Above the Streets by Calyx.
And that was Above the Streets by Calyx. And I'm here with Calyx right now talking about uh, retro games and things. So the console that he made for you, uh, Retro Revolutions, which was a modded Mega Drive. Yeah. So does it still function as a real Mega Drive or is it just RetroPie? No, yeah, it's full Mega Drive as well, and he's changing the hertz to 60 hertz, um, and he's adding in like wireless control for me as well. I don't know how he's doing that. I haven't got it yet. He's been working on this since like January, no June, 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 July. Um, it's been a process because of me, because I'm so like I, I'm so busy. He just keeps on doing other projects, but um, it's because the game, the Streets of Rage game, is it's like virtually impossible because there's like the, the development kit for it just doesn't exist online anymore. No one has it, and like even like he knows people, and they just doesn't exist. So he's going to try and create one himself because he wants to like send everything together. Like even going to make a custom box for me, so I've like. A whole like Mega Drive box with the with the console and the game and the controls. Like, <laughs> That's pretty ambitious. So it's like legit, you know. So he's taking his time for sure with this. I mean, I play a thing that is a recreated version of Streets of Rage because hmm. there's this these these tools online. I think one of them was called Beats of Rage, which was some you know like people on the internet they basically made like a game engine where you can sort of make your own kind of brawlers and i think it started with using streets of rage assets i think that's why they called it beats of rage and then eventually it got to be where they were just taking sprites from like all these old games and people are making their own custom brawlers and stuff using the artwork from old games so there is a thing called the streets of rage remake and it's pretty fucking good like it's a really good game it's really fast and it has, they basically combined, it's mostly like a remake of Streets of Rage 2, yeah. but you have all the characters from all three Streets of Rage games. So there's even like that old dude wow. from the third one, that that cyborg guy, and like the characters from part two and, and stuff yeah. like that. And it just plays really well because I love old school brawlers and Streets of Rage is like one of my favorites. Yeah the best yeah and what i noticed is like it's just it's all about the speed the games that play fast you know and streets of rage is really fast and it's really responsive yeah and which is why i always liked it over like double dragon and stuff which i always found to be really slow and clunky and like streets of rage to me was and final fight and stuff like pretty much all the capcom ones were like all good yeah that's true so is this is this like a pc like download yeah yeah Streets of Rage Remake. If it's not still online, I think literally if you just type in Streets of Rage Remake, you can probably get it. I'm doing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's really good. Like, I'm not a huge nerd into, like, the modding community. Like, it's only for stuff that I like. You know, that's why I know about the GoldenEye X mod that I always play because I love GoldenEye. And so when I stumbled upon it, now I always follow it whenever there's updates, even though they only update it like once every like two years or something. Like I'm there ready to download the new version. And uh, Streets of Rage was another one that I love. And so when I found out there was that remake, I, I started to learn more about it and see where it was coming from. And uh, turns out there's this whole community of people who make their own brawlers using the assets of old games and stuff. Yeah, I've seen that. It's mostly Streets of Rage too because apparently that's like the development kit for that it's really easy to change the sprites it's like number one you don't really see it at all you don't see any sort of mods with them because it's I don't know why it's like the code or something like that's really hard to do so that's why like Jared's taking so so long to do it but 
I need to like download this dude because this is blowing my mind right now. Like I, I love Streets of Rage and didn't even know this existed. Like they just released this game a few months ago called Sonic Mania, which was like it's, a, it's that Sonic game and it's using kind of like the old Sonic assets and it was made by like a fan of Sonic. And it's kind of like that where it just you have the nostalgia for playing the old game. It's slightly different in that it has a bit more content, but essentially it is just the experience of, you know, just playing Streets of Rage. Like they they nailed just the speed and it's a really great way to play that game and so i hook it up and i, I try and hook up my uh, my arcade controller yeah it's a really satisfying fucking thing i love it i've seen someone post something on facebook like they managed to get sonic mania onto the mega drive but it was only like the intro like they're trying to like switch it back to the mega drive or the genesis but <laughs> it took up so much room the intro that's all they could fit on i was just like wow it's so cool and someone actually made like the case and the artwork and everything it just looks so cool yeah, I don't think they... I mean, like, the thing is, with Sonic Mania, even though it looks 16-bit, there's a lot more animation. Yeah. Sonic moves a lot smoother than he does in, in the other ones, so it looks 16-bit, but, like, especially if you watch, like, the intro, like, when Sonic jumps out of the thing and points his finger in the air, <laughs> it's a really smooth-looking animation, so it's still 16-bit, but it's not quite, so I don't think they could put it on a Genesis. Like, I, I don't know that it would run it. Uh, it's just, it's just. If you search for it, Google search Sonic Media and Sega Genesis. The only thing to fit on was just the intro. That's all. I don't know how they've done it. I, I have no idea, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, super useful too. <laughs> if you're gonna, <laughs> I feel like if I could fit the game or the intro on a thing, I'd probably go for the game. But <laughs> yeah. listen, let's move forward in time to the album Calyx. Yeah, self-titled. <laughs> is this character on the thing? Is that like designed after you, or is that just? Uh... It's not designed on me, no. It's it's still the character Calyx. Like I said, that's like a concept sort of thing. I mm-hmm. wanted this to be like the, my first album, really. That's why I just self-titled it. I didn't want to put any sort of like name on there. Just once it's like the beginning. It's just like my. I want to be like this. My baby. It's my first thing. So are, are you friends. are you happy then that we've spent this whole show listening to your old music? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't mind. It is what it is, man. Whatever. If you like it, you like it. I'm down on it. Can we start again? I'm joking. Yeah, the, the, the interview really starts now. Uh, let's uh, listen to a track that I dug on this one. Uh, this is a track called Time Lapse by Calyx.
And that was Time Lapse by Calyx off the album Calyx by Calyx. <laughs> I'm here right now with Calyx. Oh, come on. Straight from... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And he's just taking Calyx for his stomach. <laughs> yeah. Or Calyx. No, the, you don't take Calyx for your thing. You take Calyx. <laughs> Calyx. Yeah. Just take a few teaspoons of Calyx and you'll be shitting for a week. So what's uh, <laughs> what else is going on, man? You, you've been playing some shows. The recent gig was Retro Future Fest with some cool guys like Sunglasses Kid. Highway Superstar, Nina, they're all so cool to meet them. Such cool guys. It was, it was such a cool night. Are you going to be doing another one of those? Well, next year, I'm going on tour, my first international tour, so I'll be playing a couple of shows in the US and Canada. Cool, man. Well, that's uh, that's exciting. So how have you sort of developed, like, what do you do for your uh, your live show? Do you bring up uh, other people, or is it just you, or, like, how, how have you... Uh you, you're figuring it out? I'm still figuring it out, but for me, it's more like a visual experience. It's not, you can't like dance to my music that much, really, because most of, like the new stuff, it's pro- proper, it's it's quite slow paced, so it'll be like a lot of visuals, like lights and the backdrop and a lot of smoke, and you know, just like people can escape just watching it, get nostalgic. That's what I'm all about, for mm. sure. Do you have like visuals and things that you're designing, or like how is that working? I've got a guy doing some things for me for next year. Um, I play lead keys, like I'm mean, a synthesizer. Well, it's not a synthesizer, it's a MIDI keyboard. I don't actually own any sort of like synthesizers. I've just always just been like simple-minded. I like, just kept everything simple. I'm so envious though with like all the guys like Robert Park and Wave Shaper with their collections and stuff. It's just so inspiring. But I, I always think I just wouldn't bother with it. I'm so simple. Like I just I'm all about like. BSTs for me, just so it's easy to. Because I'm so like, I always get so annoyed with the clutter. I'm like, where am I going to put everything? Mm-hmm. I just like to keep it all on the computer for, for me. But I will get some stuff in the future for sure. Because uh, those guys just inspire me a lot. So for me, it's just like I'm on stage, keyboard, play lead, and that's it. Like I need to work on the online presence, stage presence, because it's not that good really. If I'm thinking about it, I have no idea what I'm doing sometimes. I spoke to some guys, just give me like, tips, and just said, just do what, you, just do what you got to do. I know a lot of people like just go up there and just do nothing or pretend to play or just fix the visuals or, or remix it or DJ and stuff like that but I like to play especially like Sunglasses Kid he kills it like at, at the Retro Future Fest I was just in awe watching him like he kills on stage especially Iowa Superstar as well I was just like wow these guys are so cool like for me because my music's so simple and like Sunglasses Kid's just like he's so fast and he's playing well just uh just go on stage and then just set some shit on fire yeah that sounds like a good idea bang face down kill everyone <laughs> That'll just make it exciting. I'm just saying, like, to, to make an exciting show, <laughs> grab some Roman candles, yeah. just hit play on your music, and then uh, just start firing Roman candles into the crowd. <laughs> Bring up some naked ladies with, like, holding sparkler candles and stuff. I mean, that, that's... I've done it. That's the Calyx show right there. Perfect. Perfect. Can I steal your idea? You can have it. <laughs> uh, you don't even need to steal it. I'm giving it to you. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's still a learning curve for me. Like, not a lot of artists play live because it's just a different. You got to learn so much, you know. It is making music, and then there's mixing it, and there's mastering it, and then there's online like playing on, on stage and stuff, and mixing, DJing. It's, it's like it's just like a whole new world for me. So I just keep it as simple as possible and just play like leads, and that's it. 
You know, it's tough. I commend anyone who goes out on stage and plays. Yeah. Because that's a step and that's a cool thing to do. But it's also tricky when it's like when people are like solo electronic artists. It's like, how do you do it? And we've seen how some other artists do it where, you know, if they have like a big enough following, they can have like a little band. Yeah. But I also understand why some people can't do that, obviously. Like if, you know, if they're a little bit smaller and can't afford to, you know, pay somebody to be there with them and stuff like that. So it's tough. It's like, how do you do? Like, uh, and so it's interesting. Like, I'm seeing some shows now and trying to like suss out like what some people are doing when they are solo artists and like how they can you know bring some energy and and fun to it instead of just being DJs. But I mean, it's it's hard. Like, I won't. Oh, sure. I don't look down on anybody for doing it because no. I mean, you know, it takes some nerve to come up there and and perform in front of people. And so you know, even if you are DJing, it's still like you know, I know a lot of people who'd be too afraid to do that. You know, so I mean, it's still something. And then people yeah. have to start somewhere and they have to learn. And it's that's part of it too that's it yeah for sure as long as like this going for it that's fine with me because I, I, my first gig was with college and looking back now it, I didn't have anything I just had one like big mini keyboard and I was just playing and I felt like people were going what's going on like this guy's just standing there playing a keyboard with no like sort of band no one's like no presence no one's dancing there's no it's just it's just sound you know mm-hmm. and it always like freaked me out but like now like you see Perturbator he's killing it like you see all his online lights and his backdrop and it's just like like Cop to Brute as well he's got like a band I think that's where the scene's heading for sure like, yeah. like I say like a visual experience sort of thing it's so cool I love it even with Perturbator's show like it is just him on stage and it's you know but that lighting kit that he has I mean that is an expensive lighting kit it's next level yeah <laughs> so it's so like cool. so that's a that's an expense. I mean, like some people can't afford, you know. Like I, I mean, it's a very expensive thing, and so I can't fault people if they can't do stuff like that. Exactly. The only time I would really like if I was going to be critical is if you know if if someone's successful and has the budget to do something cool and then still don't, mm-hmm. you know, like then it then it's kind of just like well, what are you doing? Like you know if you if you can put on a thing, but if you're literally like a dude who like makes a bit of money on your music and. It's just you, then, like, I can't expect a fucking million-dollar light show. And to me, I like going to the shows just to meet the people who I've... Exactly, that's it. ...chatted with on the it's show so cool. and get to see them and stuff like that. I mean, that, to me, that's enough. Like, I think that that's cool, but maybe I'm, like, an old man. Like, maybe that's the thing. If I was young and, like, all jacked up on E and drugs and stuff, that, like, <laughs> it would be a, a different scenario. I don't know. Well, we can take E at my, well, my, my plates are on, too, if you want me and you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the last thing you need to see is me on E. <laughs> I mean, I haven't, uh, yeah. I mean, I did it a few times in high school. Wow. It just, it made my pupils really big and made me sad the next day. That's all I remember about E. <laughs> I was like kind of happy in the evening. And then the next day I was like, oh wow, like this drug drained my happiness from me. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I've had like, it's like, it's something with like your spine or something, like the fluid from your spine, like drains all the, sp- I don't know. I've, I think I it's serotonin. It yeah. Like literally, I think, I, I don't know if it just takes more for that moment while you're while you're on it and like it gives you that weird boost but then it has to like replenish and it drains it out and then you just feel like Uh. i only did it a few times like maybe two or three because i'm not really like a big drug dude so i was never going to do any drugs that you had to like yeah put in your nose or anything like i didn't like the idea that so you know e was easy to do and again i was never really like a dancing dude anyways so like even even when i was having a good time upon reflection i was like yeah i would have been better off just not doing any of those things i did like you know it's just dancing like an idiot on some rave like holding glow sticks i'm like that's not me so is that a no then so i'll not bring any no (laughs) (laughs) you're boring on listen dude uh we'll just go straight to the crack all right that's uh okay that's what we do around here 
All right, I'll bring the heroin and crack. We'll just go in there and kill it. Just like a true <laughs> renegade. Uh, and now we're going to listen to a song, Renegade, by Calyx, because this is another track that I dug off the album Calyx. And this track is Renegade. Was Renegade by Calyx. And that song's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. But we can probably, like... Thanks, man. Slowly fucking wind this thing down. Is there something you wanted to talk about that we didn't uh, talk about? No, that, that was everything, yeah. I'm a bit upset you brought up Outland, I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, David Rottenberger was really me. happy that it, you put it back <laughs> on Bandcamp. I'm doing this for him. Thanks, David. Yeah. You're the best. <laughs> Hey man, it's good to see the the way the artists progress, and I, I think there are cool songs on those albums. So, um, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do what I want. Fuck me and fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So what's uh, what's coming up? You said you got a new album. When when does your new one come out? Uh, this one's just a small EP. Um, ooh, you tricked me. Then I haven't even announced that yet. But I'll just say it on your show. It'll be out next month. Well, when? Because like this interview will probably air in like three weeks. I'm just gonna say next month. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, are you happy about this one? Yeah, for sure. It's very, um, very me. This one, but I'm not, I'm not give too much away. I did release a teaser. It's on like a neon light video, just a little sneak peek of what it's gonna be. I'm singing a lot more in this one because I sang a little bit on the ride and a lot of people give like even james joy bishop was the first person to message me and say yo man that was good so i thought i'm gonna keep doing this and <laughs> give me like the confidence to go for it because i always tell him you should sing more sing more and he did and then it was my turn and i thought i always sang one line because i just want to i didn't want to go in there too quick and like freak people out like yo what the hell so i just teased it a bit just sang a little bit so mm-hmm. there's gonna be a song where i'm singing a lot more lyrics for sure yeah 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 well that's cool man does it make you feel good it's nerve-wracking because it's my voice and like even doing this is like i've always turned down interviews because i'm just like i don't know like i said i'm so hard on myself so. yeah but this show is the best yeah <laughs> You have been listening to Beyond Synth with Andy Last. <laughs> he likes men, and men like him. Not in a gay way. No, 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 in a gay way. It's okay. I mean... <laughs> I'm fine with it. In a gayest way of all. <laughs> there you go. That was a very special thing. You should. Uh, I'll send you the audio of that, and then you can uh, put it into your uh, next album. Done. <laughs> it won't make any sense to anybody, but just all of a sudden, like the sound sample comes in. It's like he loves men, and men love him. <laughs> men do love me. They do, man. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so it's it's funny and true. <laughs> but yeah, man. Well, it was good chatting with you. Yeah, man. You too. Finally. <laughs> Maybe we'll end with a track. You want to do that? Sounds good to me, dude. Which one do you, do you want to play? Let's go with the ride. The ride. All right, cool. Well, listen. Calix, you have a lovely day in Liverpool. Cheers, man. You too. And get, I'm also get better, dude. They heard about like little circumstances and stuff, so get better. Well, I'll try my best. I'm trying to. I don't think I can mimic your accent. I'd like to be able to to do more accents. Say, do 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 that though, don't do though. Say that. Do do that that don't do. No, I can't. <laughs> You'll learn one day. It's they do 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 that though, don't they do? That's so scarce. So like your your THs are Ds? Yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's not, I don't know, as we've been talking, it sort of faded away. Like it wasn't as pronounced as when I first started chatting with you. Yeah, I, I've turned it down completely. There's proper scouse. Like I'm not from like the part of like where it's proper scouse scouse. You're more like the Beatles, you know. Sort of like Paul and John, you know. Like the Beatles. So that's all this though. You should have done the whole interview like that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I'm a synthwave artist and called Kallax. Do the whole thing like that. I'm on mushrooms at the moment. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> we're okay, we're re recording this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, next time. Cool. All right, man. Well, you have a lovely day, and it was uh, it was nice chatting with you. And then we'll uh, we'll end on this uh, track. Cool. Cheers, man.
right, and that was my conversation with Calix. That was fun. I always like chatting with people with uh, different accents. That's it. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the music. I just like uh, fun accents. Anyways, uh, let's end the show now. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in next time. I really got to get editing next week's show because I feel like it has to be approved by somebody first. So I don't know what's going to happen with that, but we will see, man. Exciting stuff. Anyways, let's end uh, on a track this week. Here's a cool one by Sung. Uh, from the album Rework. And I gotta say, man, when I go through my playlist, sometimes there are some artists that I don't acknowledge enough as being, like, some of the best ones or the ones that really strike a chord with me. And Sung, every time a, a track comes on from Sung, I'm always like, man, this is fucking awesome. Who's this? And it's Sung. And I'm like, I really should start putting him in the list of artists that I really like a lot because I think I like almost everything he makes. Uh, anyway, this this is a track called Space Log, the 2017 version. Space Log 2017. And uh, yeah, so we'll leave you with that and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And now, here is Sung with Space Log 2017 version. Mm-hmm.